Welcome, everybody, to the first primetime session for the American Council of the Blind. We're going to be talking about the world of audio description in broadcast, cable, and streaming. I'm very excited. I don't know who was more excited when I told my wife we were hosting this um, video, me or my wife, because my wife took this as an opportunity for me to clean out my basement. But tonight we're going to be talking about the world of audio description. Before I do that, I just want to um, mention a little bit about the audio description project. I am co-chair along with Kim Charlton of the audio description project, and we are hosting a lot of events this week on audio description. We started this afternoon where Fred Brack, our webmaster, uh, talked about the website and the resources available. Tonight we're doing this session. Tomorrow during general session, we will be announcing all the award recipients for all the different awards that the audio description project gets out. And one of the panelists is represents that company here. To Disney Plus received one of those awards. And then two Tuesday afternoon, we will be having a session with the FCC where we will be talking about the latest uh, legislative requirements of audio description. Wednesday, we will be having a session on audio description and the National Park Service. Thursday, we'll be having a session on audio description and cord cutting. Friday, uh, Joe Snyder will be doing a session on the quality of audio description and the hiring process of audio description. So from that'll be from the writing of to the recording of and the voicing of audio description and, and, and that multi-tiered process and create an audio description. And then Friday night for our closing banquet, Roy Samuelton, a audio narrator who has done over 600 recordings as an audio narrator for audio description for things like Star Trek Picard, uh, MCIS, CSI, and much, much more. We'll be talking about his experiences as an audio description narrator. And lastly, you can also catch audio described, virtual audio described tours on our ATB radio station, Treasure Trove, where we have things such as tours of the White House, Mount Rushmore, the flag, that's more. So, and, and those will repeat and cycle throughout the course of the week. So I'm going to announce everybody as it is their turn to speak, and I'm doing the bios from memory. So if I skip or miss anything or mispronounce anything, I want to apologize ahead of time. So first, I would like to introduce Apple, Sarah Hollinger, who is the Director of Global Accessibility Policy and Initiative. She is the... Um, person who works with Apple and accessibility of things like voiceover for the blind and low vision and made for iPhone hearing aid and helped to create a culture of inclusion at Apple, which is very important to them. She has been with Apple since 2003. She has had many key roles in accessibility. She started in the field of education with Apple, where she made sure all learners could access their education using Apple products. Uh, I'd like to welcome Sarah Hollinger. Thank you. Um, do you want me to go ahead and, and do my portion now, or do you want to do all the intros first? What's your preference? You know, um, I, I guess I could do everybody. Why don't, no, why don't you go ahead and do your portion, actually, because I, I need to do a better job of memorizing everybody else's bio. <laughs> 
All right, I'll give you your couple minutes to uh, read through the other portion. Um, thank you very much for the, the great intro. You did that very well from memory, I will say. Um, so in, in you know, the realm of uh, audio description and um, media uh, that's made to be accessible, Apple has really tried to um, lead the field in this area both from many years of having things like the uh, the iTunes store with um, movies available. And uh, we have long asked all of our studio partners when they provide us with new content that in the same way that we ask them to provide um, content that is localized to different countries, that they also provide us with content that is accessible both in terms of one uh, version that is closed captioned and a version, version with audio descriptions to make sure that um, those are available. And um, all of our different stores around the globe do request this from all of our partners um, in order to make sure that everything we add to the store is accessible for anyone who wants to use it. But starting, uh, I guess, last year, um, although there was a, a lot of effort beforehand to get it all together, um, we started uh, developing our own content through Apple TV+. And um, one of our, our things that we worked towards right from the start, from the you know, first time I ever heard that we were doing this, was to look at how we could make our own content accessible as well. And so for uh, all of Apple TV Plus, uh, their, the you know, movies or series that we produce, um, we're currently producing everything with closed captioning in over 40 languages and audio descriptions in nine languages. And with those nine languages, and actually with both closed captioning and audio description, um, as we are the content rights owners, one of the things that we've been able to do is make those available in all of the 100 plus countries where Apple TV Plus is available. Meaning that you aren't just beholden to audio descriptions in the local language in the country that you're in, but that you could, for example, be... Uh, someone from Spain who happens to be in Japan, but wants audio descriptions in English, even if you're, you know, the country you're tied to is Spain and you're in another country, you can still choose whatever you want it to be. Um, so being able to, to provide those to everyone. And then the second key thing that we did was also providing audio description in Dolby Atmos. Um, you know, we know that, uh, well, it's always seemed that for years, uh, for some reason, as people just did, you know, created audio descriptions, in a way, they, um, they decreased the quality of the audio sound by making it at best stereo. And our view was, why would we want to make the experience anything less um, for someone who's in the blind community? And particularly given we know how powerful audio can be. So um, we were the first company to work to make our audio descriptions available in Dolby Atmos and give the, the highest quality sound that we possibly could. Um, I want to run a really quick video of um, one of our shows to kind of give you an idea of the type of audio description that we're doing. Um, this is actually, I'll, I'll grab the screen in a second to do screen sharing, um, but this is actually a, a video of our television series C, um, which is available on Apple TV Plus. 
And uh, let me start this up so that you can get a quick example of how this, how this works. Let me go ahead and hit play. On the outcropping, a warrior touches a heavy metal gear attached to a chain. Tamakti's warriors climb the steep slope, leading to a wall of boulders. Sunlight shines on the far side of the boulder wall. The soldiers start to scale the rocks with Baba Voss waiting above them. He raises his blade and taps the handle on the ground twice, briskly. His warriors instantly react. As he backs away, warriors run to the edge of the wall and lean forward, anchored by ropes tied to trees behind them. They swing the metal gears on chains, hitting the climbers who fall off the rocks. A horse rears back, dropping its rider and falling on top of him. Baba Voss raises his head. The gear wielders stop their motions and cock their heads. An opposing warrior still on the rocky face slowly turns his head. Baba Voss launches to his feet and pauses, his head angled down. All right. So that was just a quick bit of uh, the television series C available on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, nothing better than a good action scene to be audio described. Um, and... As mentioned, this is but one of, of the many movies and television series that we have on Apple TV Plus that have all been audio described in nine languages and in Dolby Atmos. Tara, can you stop the screen share so we can go back to the... Um... Absolutely. There we go. So could you tell the folks in the audience that may not know what C is about? Ah, yes. So uh, C is a television series set 600 years in the future where uh, all of the inhabitants of the earth are blind. So uh, it is a show done to um, basically show authentic representation um, of the blind community in a way that really I think has never been done before um, rather than just having one or two characters on a show um, who might be members of the blind community. It's really representing how an entire community can um, be you know, an incredible mix of warriors and family and lovers and you know, evil queens and valiant uh, warriors and all the many things that, you know, down to the uh, you know, farmers and hunters and uh, silversmiths and everything that a society might have um, that are there as members of the blind community. So really trying to change some of the misperceptions in the world around um, you know, what is capable of someone who is a member of the blind community. And if I, if I remember correctly, one of the actual producers and consultants is blind himself, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Streche has is one of the producers of the show. Um, he has been very actively involved from day one on set throughout the entire process and working with um, both sighted actors in terms of their representation, but um, just as importantly, with the hiring of and then um, accessibility of the set for uh, actors who are members of the blind and low vision community. And um, 
you also, I also noticed that lately iTunes or the Apple viewing system is being made on other digital apparatuses other than iOS devices beyond the Apple TV or the iPhone or the iPad. It may be available, for instance, in a, uh, a TV manufacturer's set. Do you know if people can access audio description and in, in uh, if they're accessible to know different devices? They certainly should be. Um, I don't. I don't think there is a limitation as to why they shouldn't. We are have worked thus far. I think in the ones on the market to give uh, um, screen reader feedback and also allow for things like closed captioning and audio description. So um, I think, assuming the device. Uh, allows one to play it, um, which I, uh, once again, I don't, can't think of a, a particular technical uh, limitation on that. It should work. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say about audio description? No, I think that's about it. All right. Great. Um, next, we have John Freak from Charter Communication. John is the Senior Manager of Accessibility for and the Head of Accessibility Innovations at Charter. He worked on creating projects such as uh, Spectrum Access, which I'm sure he will talk about, but not only to make it accessible to customers at Spectrum, but to accessible to everybody, anybody who wanted to access it. Uh, so you are up, John. Hey, thanks a lot, Carl. I appreciate it. And as mentioned, I'm here representing Charter Communications for Spectrum to our subscribers. And I've also got a demo, so I'm guessing it'll also take me a couple minutes to do the screen share, but I'll set that up now. So right now, Charter's doing everything it can to support the delivery of audio description. Uh, we're meeting the nominal needs under the CDAA, and we're passing through audio description on our cable guides and IP platforms, which covers Roku, Apple TV, iOS and Android devices, Fire tablets, web browsers, but really, Charter is putting most of its eggs into the innovation basket. So specifically, we've been working on Spectrum Access, which I'm going to demo in a second. In 2019, we were looking for a solution that could bridge the gap in video-on-demand audio description offerings and get us across the finish line in a unique and forward-thinking way that was slightly different. Uh, and serendipity brought our attention to ActiveView, which many people in the audience might already be familiar with. It was an app that offered audio description tracks along with closed captioning, amplified audio, and in some limited cases, even sign language, but just for movies in the theater. So Charter acquired ActiveView late last year, and we've relaunched it under the Spectrum brand with audio description tracks for more than 400 movies so far. And in late July, we're going to start supporting TV shows as well. And the number of movies in our catalog is going to grow really quickly throughout 2020. <clears throat> So Spectrum Access is a companion app that works by syncing to whatever movie you're watching on your TV and then playing audio description simultaneously through your phone's speakers or headphones, meaning that whether you come in at the beginning or the middle or end of a movie, you can still get the full audio described experience. So I'm going to give a quick demo of this app in action and show you a short scene with audio description. So right now I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Okay, so the uh, screen of my phone should be sharing right now, and I'm going to turn on voiceover and go through this a little bit. Voiceover on. Possible text. My downloads. So 
I've got Spectrum Access open, and the app starts us off on the home screen, where we've got rows of content divided up by genre. And our next release will have new arrivals uh, for the new movies that arrive monthly. And so I'm going to navigate using voiceover down through the genre categories. Vertical navigation settings. The weight of water. Comedy. Heading. Kids. Heading. Action. Like romance. So we've got several genres here. Biography. And. Order. Heading. Adventure. Thriller. Sports. Documentary. So now I'm in documentary. And I found this movie called The Weight of Water. And this is the latest documentary about the exploits of Eric Wayne Meyer. Uh, who we're a really big fan of the charter, and who was the first person without sight to reach the summit of Mount Everest. So I'm going to go into this movie. The Weight of Water, released 2018, rating and slash A, runtime 79 minutes. And on the screen for the movie, there are buttons to download the audio description or closed captioning. Sync and play audio description plus full audio. Button. Download closed captioning. Button. Sync and play audio description. So I've already got the audio description downloaded, so I'm going to hit that button, and the app is going to sync with the sound of the movie. So I'm going to start the movie from a relatively random spot, and I'm going to hit sync, and it should go uh, within about five to ten seconds. So let me just start the sound for the movie, and I'll demo that function. Voice over on. The fact that that would uh, destroy many people. So it's syncing right now. I uh, never figured out why it didn't destroy him. <laughs> The way people react to bad things is that they shut down. They build a lot of crust around themselves. I'm the first person who does that. And yet, something keeps nagging at me, telling me that that's, you know, to build up that crust is the exact wrong thing to do. Lay it open. And that's where, like, so obviously, because I tried to do a demo on Zoom, it's uh, having trouble working right now. So I'm going to try to do the sync one more time and see if it'll work. So, where's the primary audio source coming from, uh, John? But it has a strong okay. character, some rabbits are. Okay, so now I've got it synced up. That only took about five seconds. Going into a boxing match, just get stomped. So, so now the audio is coming from my phone. Canyon and the rapids as sort of having life and energy. Eric and Harlan paddling into a rapid. Each rapid, you want to do well, you know. You want to, you want to squeak through the gauntlet. Eric staring into space. Great. So that was. I'm glad it actually did work out. Um, anyway, so that was a quick example of the audio description coming straight from my phone from the Spectrum Access app. Am I still sharing my screen, by the way? No. Okay, great. So um, where was, in, in your case that you just did, where was the primary audio coming from? So in that example, I had uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime brought up uh, on my browser on the same computer. Which is why at first the demo wasn't working. It was trying to play from the same audio source. Okay. But yeah, but you know, you could play from uh, a streaming source or hopefully uh, your Spectrum on Demand uh, catalog, one of our platforms. You can even play from a VHS or a VCR, and still the app will be able to sync up and play the audio description for you. So you can play it from a DVD, broadcast television. Well, I mean, broadcast television has commercial, but you can play. And what happens if you fall out of sync? You can rethink it? Yep, you can resync it. So if you decided to walk away to go to the bathroom or uh, get something to eat 
or it just went to commercial. You could press one button and it'll resync within just a few seconds. Okay. Now, if to, let's say I'm totally blind and I don't need the picture on the TV set and I've synced it on the app, can I just walk away and leave the app playing with the audio and will that work for the whole length of the feature? It sure would. Yeah, I've done it myself. I've synced, a, uh, synced the app to a movie and then walked away to do yard work and had the audio description coming through my headphones. And how many titles do you currently have on Spectrum Access? So currently we have about 415 and we're getting, we're getting more every month. Okay. And it, um, right now it's only available on iOS. I think if there are any plans to make this available on Android as well. That's correct. It's available on iPhones and iPads right now. And we're looking to do an Android release uh, by the end of the year. And this is what I'm hoping. Do you have a plan to also make it work in the movie theaters when the movies come back? Oh, yeah. We're not going to take that away for too long. Yeah, as soon as we've got some more traction with this app, which only launched back in May, uh, we're going to start asking for theatrical content. And I really want to see in people's pockets when we go to the movie theater. So I, I love that. Let me tell you why. Because I'm also a hearing aid user, as well as being blind. And when I go to the movie theater, I have to make a decision whether I want to hear amplified audio devices or audio description devices, and one or the other is going to suffer, right? Yeah. And because the headphones, they don't often marry the audio description with the audio track anymore. They do in the Spectrum Access app. So I could simply put this to my hearing aid, and just and, and it worked great for those who have a dual sensory loss of, of um, vision and hearing, just so you know. Yeah, that's right. That's all you need is just the phone in your pocket. Well, that, that's great. Um, is there anything else you want to say about... Uh, the cable uh, distribution other than uh, you're meeting the requirements of the CVAA or are you? Oh, no, I'd, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about access because so we, uh, we realized that, you know, audio description for on-demand programming has already been done um, and new content authors like Apple uh, are creating audio description in new ways in multiple languages. Um, and Charter decided to put its its eggs into this basket because we see potential for this this app experience as it develops to actually excel over traditional audio description delivery in a few ways. So in a traditional audio description experience, you are watching TV, you change the language of your audio to audio description, and then what you get out of your TV is audio description and the rest of the audio. And we've heard from a lot of Spectrum Access users so far in surveys and interviews that they want to be able to watch a movie with friends who do have sight, who don't want to hear the audio description. And that's one thing that Spectrum Access enables you to do. So while your friend watches the movie and hears all the audio they want to hear, you can get the audio description to your headphones so that everyone in the room can laugh and gasp at a movie together, as one user told us. So it enables a freedom and an untethering of that audio description experience. And that's even what our app icon is all about, is two people from whatever backgrounds they come from sitting on a couch and consuming the same entertainment together and participating together. So my personal hope is that this new approach to audio description will bring more mainstream appeal and attention to audio description in general, because in our shared space, profitability tends to mean wider availability. Uh, so we want to work with other cable providers like the ones who are on this panel, as well as content creators moving forward to make this more a reality. And as evidence of Charter's commitment, uh, the app responded to the nationwide stay-at-home orders in the past few months 
and the resulting need for at-home entertainment access by launching the app uh, months earlier than planned. And what that means is that there are many planned features to come. And so I'll just give, give a few of these right now. Uh, in addition to supporting audio description for TV shows, uh, starting with Spectrum Originals in late July, and a larger library of movies, I will be offering audio description and program audio tracks in other languages, uh, starting with Spanish, which will come this summer. And we'll be adding audio description tracks for movies that are in theaters as well, as I mentioned before. I want to see you, Carl, taking your phone with you to the movies and getting everything you can out of it. So this application is an innovation we want to share with everyone. Uh, and I don't recall that we've mentioned this before, but it doesn't require authentication. You don't need to be a Spectrum subscriber to use it. Anyone can just go and download it from the App Store and use it for free. Um, we just want to put it into as many hands as possible. So, yeah, I look forward to taking questions. And thanks, Carl. For well, and we will be open, and I should have mentioned that earlier. Thank for pointing out the oversight. We will be opening up this for questions at the very end after all the panelists have spoken. And if you want to submit questions, it will be to questions at acb.com. We put a lot of thought into the email address. That's <laughs> questions at acb.com. And that's questions plural, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N. At acb.com. Also, I'm sorry, everybody. I I don't know what acb.com is. All these questions will be going there. acb.org. We I forgot we're a nonprofit. So please questions at acb.org. Thank you, Rick. Um, John, is there any way if anybody has any questions about accessibility or wants to reach out to you or your organization, how they can do that? And I was muted. That will not be the last time it happens tonight, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, if you have questions about Spectrum Access specifically, uh, reach out to spectrumaccess at charter.com. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to the accessibility team about any of our products and services, please reach out to accessibility at charter.com. Okay, thank you. And I know I neglected to ask Sarah what their contact information is, but I happen to know it. So... There's is accessibility at apple.com if you have any questions or concerns about accessibility. Um, Thanks, so, so I, I thought you were muted, Sarah. I would have asked you directly. Did you have any other contact information you wanted to give out? No, that's probably the best one for us, easiest way for people to get to us. And I appreciate the fact that you knew it by heart. So thank you. Well, I've, I've sent a couple of suggestions over the years myself. So <laughs> We always love getting them. Thank you. So next we have Tom Lukowski, and I've actually known Tom quite a long time um, because I used to work at WGBH's Media Access Group and uh, National Center for Accessible Media with Tom back in the late 90s. So Tom is now the Vice President of Accessibility for Comcast, where he is overseeing the introduction of the award-winning voice guidance and the X1 cable box and in uh, 2019, he also introduced this accessible remote control for people with ALS and other um, disabilities that need to make use of an adaptive remote over the internet. He also worked in other areas of Comcast, such as home security, internet, and all those areas. He had spent a long time in the accessibility field and worked in mobile, television, film, and 
and other areas of accessibility. Previously, he was the director of accessibility for AOL, and before that, I know his favorite job because of his love for his former co-workers was at the Media Access Group at WGBH in Boston. So, Tom, you're next. Well, thanks, thanks, Carl, and uh, always good to be with you. And um, great, great memorization of that of that bio. Um, I've been in that position before. Inhaling all of the bios before you moderate a panel is always the the, the fun part of moderating. Um, so I wanted to just take a moment uh, to uh, react to a to a comment uh, around. Uh, audio description and kind of point out, before I talk about Comcast stuff, point out the difference between streaming and and kind of the, you know, traditional or legacy way of delivering audio description. Uh, Sarah mentioned the, the quality of audio, and she's exactly right. Um, the quality of audio isn't where any of us would want it to be on the traditional side, what I call traditional meaning, you know, over-the-air broadcast or uh, cable, for that matter. The reason for that largely is that broadcast stations, the satellite uh, capabilities uh, to receive a signal from a network can only support seven audio channels today. Um, and that means you have your 5.1 surround sound, and then you have the SAP channel where Spanish or audio description uh, goes. And, uh, and so that is something that I envision some great collaboration uh, will, will soon happen uh, in our industry with, with people like John Sweet and, and the folks at Charter and other companies uh, as we come together. Um, the difference that, that we have uh, at Comcast in that regard is when it comes to on-demand content, we can ingest multiple audio streams. So we can take Spanish, French, audio description, so multiple languages all in at once. And as long as the partner follows our labeling scheme um, for the way they publish the content to our platform, which of course they would largely have to do to, to make sure their content uh, displayed to their satisfaction, we, we can offer that 5.1 surround sound with, with description uh, in the center channel for for our on-demand viewing, but where we where we get tripped up is on that li- what we call linear broadcast uh, side, where it's it's you know a show that you're watching on you know the local NBC or ABC or CBS affiliate, um, and that's where you tend to see even on cable uh, with cable networks that have to uh, fulfill the FCC requirements that that you have that that you know, what I would view as a subpar uh, audio. But I wanted, to, I wanted to point that out because that is a, a legacy issue that, that our friends in the streaming world uh, do not have. And in the streaming world, you could pretty much send an infinite amount of audio uh, to, uh, you know, to the, to the streaming distributor uh, and, and it, it can go. When you're talking about our platforms that we're trying to work to make more inclusive that weren't set up for this from the beginning, uh, that's, that's a constraint, a real life constraint that we have to, to work on. Now, things can get better as we move, as the industry moves to more of an all IP delivery, so an all internet delivery. Um, you know, I see that 
you know, on the horizon. Uh, if you were to ask me that a few years ago, I might have said, you know, that's going to be a while. Um, but, uh, you know, I do see that uh, coming down the road. I don't want to put a time frame on it, but um, it's closer than, than we probably collectively might think it is. And it always feels like it's far off. Um, for those of us like Carl and me who've been doing this uh, accessibility business for quite frankly, a lot longer than, than we care to remember because we're getting old, I guess. Um, so, um, yes, uh, <laughs> young at heart, Carl, young at heart. Um, so, so I think, you know, that, that I just wanted to make sure we, we pointed that, that uh, distinction out and happy to, you know, take more questions about that uh, as we go. And uh, even offline, if anybody has any questions about that, happy to talk about it because it is an important topic that I think we have to deal with. Plus, uh, I think there's room for us to work together on this. And, um, you know, uh, so let me kind of move toward where we are with, with Comcast. Um, so a couple of things, you know, if we had started this, uh, you know, and this, but we weren't dealing with COVID, when we first said yes to this panel, we thought we'd be talking about live audio description on the Olympics, Summer Olympics from Tokyo. Uh, obviously, COVID had other ideas. And so now... The 2020 Olympics will be happening in 2021, and the same great live audio description on the NBC primetime coverage of the Olympics uh, will be available. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. This will be, I think, the third consecutive Olympics games that we offered live audio description on NBC's primetime coverage. We're also going to add more coverage of the Paralympics as well. Oh, uh, we we offered uh, some of that on NBCSN uh, in 2018 um, in uh, uh, Pyeongchang um, for the Winter Olympics, and um, that will you know uh, look to continue uh, as we move forward. So um, so the Olympics uh, unfortunately you know gets post postponed, but but it will come back, and uh, we will have live audio description there. So on the Xfinity side, there's a couple of things that, uh, that we're doing. Um, first is we introduced a new set-top box. It's a new free uh, box that comes with your internet subscription. So if you take our high-speed data service or our broad broadband connectivity, uh, you can get what we call Flex, which is a video product at no additional charge. And Flex is similar to, you know, kind of what we call an over-the-top or like a streaming-only type service. So you're not going to get your local ABC, CBS, NBC broadcast stations, um, but you're going to get a streaming service. And on that streaming service, you're going to get apps like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and Peacock, uh, from, which is a, a new NBC streaming app that we'll talk about in a moment amongst others, uh, Zumo TV, Pluto TV, um, a myriad of, of different apps, music apps as well, um, uh, all sorts of apps on, on, this, on this streaming service. Uh, in addition to our on-demand library of over, you know, you know uh, tens of thousands, you know, 75,000 or plus uh, titles uh, and, a, and a good number of them, an increasing percentage of them uh, now available with audio description. So, uh, you know, a lot of times we hear about cost as being a, a factor, and we sincerely appreciate that. And this, I think, is a flex is a good opportunity um, 
for folks if if you don't want to try to navigate a whole bunch of different devices um, because we're bringing a lot of these apps to you. And of course, the apps that I mentioned, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, et cetera, uh, all carry audio description. Um, and our, our, their, their apps on our Flex platform uh, also support audio description. So uh, you're in good shape there. The nice part about these apps is that they also exist on X1 as well. So uh, if you are an X1 customer already, uh, you can uh, go to the apps menu and uh, or just say, you know, Amazon Prime into your voice remote, your X1 voice remote, or any of these other partners that I mentioned, and you can get the content that way. The other piece is our audio description collection page. And there is a little bit of confusion in the terminology. When we first started Accessibility, we, we used video description as the terminology uh, because that's how the FCC refers to description in the rule, in the rules that, that, uh, that you know, essentially mandate you know, now 87 and a half hours per quarter of described programming across the commercial networks and, and select cable networks. But I suspect that the FCC will very soon change over to audio description. Um, very strong indication of that. Um, and so we will move with them. And when that change happens, uh, we'll refer to things as audio description. Suffice it to say, you can say audio description or video description into the voice remote and we'll know what you're talking about. And we can turn on and off the description as you go. Uh, there's a collection page that we have. Uh, so if you say shows with audio description or shows with video description, uh, you can land in this collection page, which is really an aggregate of everything we know to be on the air right now, whether it be through a you know, traditional broadcast network or uh, one of the cable networks that has to carry audio description. Uh, so that's what we call you know, live or uh, you know, on now. Um, and then on-demand content by genre, um, you know, movies, TV shows, you can filter TV shows by network. Uh, and we're constantly working with our partners to, uh, to grow our, our library. And back to that legacy issue that I mentioned at the top, <clears throat> getting partners to, uh, you know, kind of feed us content. Um, it, it's not like a standard approach in terms of, you know, they can feed, you know, the streaming providers and cable cable providers uh, one file. So we're not quite as uh, standard as we'd like to be on, on that. So it's not like a one size fits all. So we're still uh, needing to do some work to encourage our partners to, to make sure that they're feeding us all the audio tracks. But we're certainly growing that content over time. And it has increased exponentially uh, over the past uh, couple of years uh, as well. One of the areas that I'm going to wrap up with is this uh, Peacock streaming service that that we uh, mentioned that I, that I mentioned earlier, uh, and Peacock uh, is essentially NBC's entrance into the streaming market. Uh, I would say it's you know one of the obviously the later entries, uh, you know, but it, it but it's you know a, a major streaming service uh, similar to you know, um, some of the others that are on this panel. Um, and it'll have original content and it will also have a lot of uh, content that, that we acquire from uh, different uh, partners as, as well. 
Um, so right now it's available in the Comcast Xfinity service footprint uh, across the country uh, on Flex and X1. And on July 15th, so next week, it will launch uh, across uh, multiple platforms. Due to COVID, we're not exactly where we want to be uh, on the accessibility side, uh, but um, I am very confident because I'm working with the team and actually have a have a note from the CEO of the streaming service who uh, went over to Peacock from the Xfinity side, and uh, his name is Matt Strauss. And Matt and I work together a lot on uh, video description when he or audio description, I should say, when he uh, ran the. Uh, the video business for for Comcast on the Xfinity side. Uh, so you know what what we get at launch will will incrementally and quickly improve over subsequent updates. And so um, we will have audio description. We'll have uh, text to speech or screen reading capability across uh, the various platforms that Peacock is on. Uh, today on launch, it already supports the FCC mandated, uh, you know, closed captioning when full length TV programs are repurposed uh, for streaming. Uh, and so I uh, want to make sure that we just put that out there that, that you know, Peacock is, is certainly a work in progress. There is a, a de- definite roadmap. And I think um, what you see in July will be very different than what you see, say, in that, you know, mid-fall time frame when things kind of uh, start to really accelerate in terms of updates, et cetera. So, Carl, let me uh, stop there and, and hand it back to you. And, and if you have any questions, happy to take them. So one, uh, one, I'd like you to give us your contact information, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about how your customer service or your center, I forgot what it's called, is it, different from other people who may reach out about accessibility concerns. So you can easily contact us at accessibility at comcast.com. And that email uh, goes directly to the support center for customers with disabilities that, uh, that Carl is uh, referencing. Uh, you can also call that customer service center at 855-270-0379. It's open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time uh us and um, you can order large button remote controls you can get braille and large print uh, accessible uh, channel lineups and and bills etc uh you know equipment upgrades so if you're a xfinity customer but you want our talking guide uh, but you're not on x1 uh, we'll upgrade you at no additional charge so that you can have the full accessible platform uh so I'm not sure, Carl, if that, if that answers the question you were looking for. Uh, yes, not, it does. Yeah, very okay. much. Great. I just, it's time to plug yourself. So I just wanted to make sure you got that in there. <laughs> um, Thank you. So next we have Disney Plus, who also won the Audio Description Project uh, Excellence in Media Award. Um, for the amount of, uh, for having audio description at launch and audio describing their back catalogs and their short and many other things. Mitch Ginsburg, um, oh God, I sorry, I forgot your title, Mitch, but but he lives in San Francisco with his wife Marie and his new puppy, and um, formerly worked at 
Tesla in SolarCity and is in charge of accessibility and user experience for Disney+. Plus. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting us all to this panel. So, uh, yeah, as Carl mentioned, I am a product manager with the Walt Disney Company, focused on Disney+. Plus. Um, I've been with the company for about a year and a half now. Some of the areas that I oversee within Disney Plus are largely around content discovery. So how do people find content on the service? Um, video playback. So when you're actually watching content, what is that experience like? And I also lead accessibility and inclusiveness for Disney Plus globally. Um, in terms of audio descriptions, my focus is more on the consumption side of things. When you're going to Disney Plus, how, what is the experience like to actually go and watch something with audio descriptions, um, less so on the kind of the, the production and, and gathering of the audio descriptions um, upstream. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been really interesting working at Disney Plus with accessibility and uh, excited to share a little bit about that today. When we, so Disney Plus, obviously, if you're not super familiar, it's a new streaming service that came out last year. And when um, we were building Disney Plus, we kind of looked back to the, the larger Walt Disney Company for some inspiration and uh, came across a quote from Walt Disney that really, I feel like, illustrated this really well. And he, I'll read the quote. It says, you can design and create and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it takes people to make the dream a reality. Um, what I think is great about that quote is, of course, he's talking about Disneyland at the time. Um, but I think that really resonates when we built Disney Plus as well, because we can build the most amazing streaming service in the world. But of course, we need to make sure we have people that use it. And to do that, we want to make sure it's usable and accessible to as many people as possible. So this is really one of the principles we followed when we were going about building Disney Plus. Um, if you're not familiar, Disney Plus, um, it launched in November of 2019. So a little, little under a year old. Um, it has content from lots of different brands within the larger Walt Disney Company, including Disney itself, um, Pixar, Marvel, National Geographic. We have The Simpsons. We have Fox content, ABC. Um, so lots of different variety of content. Star Wars. Let's not forget Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Thank you. Yes, Star Wars <laughs> as well. It's important. <laughs> um, it's currently available in more than 15 countries. Uh, we'll be rolling out in more countries um, soon. So that's exciting as well. And um, it's available on most major streaming devices um, that you might be able to find. So um, widely available. Is the audio description available in other countries as well? Right now, I believe the majority of audio description is in English, um, but we're always looking to expand that as well. Okay. So like, for instance, would it be available in England? If it yeah. Yeah. So it would be available in England for, for Okay. English. One of the things that I found um, interesting about on day of launch, I actually have four or five devices hooked up to my TV, the Roku, the Apple, the, the Fire TV, the um, uh, 360, and the cool thing is I was able to access audio description from all those devices. Did you play a role in that? You beat me too, Carl. You're stealing my thunder. Just kidding. But uh, yeah, so our, our team definitely worked a lot on um, making sure that uh, audio descriptions were readily available on, on every device you can get. Um, so if, if you have Disney Plus on the device, audio descriptions will be there. Um, and really that just comes back to the principle of um, letting, make, you know, having Disney Plus work for you rather than you having to work to get Disney Plus. And you know, among audio descriptions, there's several other features um, that we support for Disney Plus when it comes to accessibility. Um, one of the nice things we do with audio descriptions as well is if you 
turn audio descriptions on and you started watching something on your phone um, and then you went to your TV, we would try to keep that up into, into sync. So you'd be able to you know, stay up to date on all your devices. We also offer a lot of screen reader and text-to-speech support. Um, building this one out, we were trying to aim at making it be really robust, but also very intuitive. So on every device that Disney Plus is on, you'll be able to use your screen reader or text-to-speech software. We also, of course, offer closed captioning for deaf and hard of hearing community. Um, color contrast was a really important one for us. Um, you know, building brand new streaming service from the ground up, we had the luxury of thinking about this from the very onset. Um, so we wanted to make sure that whether it was a button or text on the screen that we adhered to really good color contrast to make it really legible and visible. Same thing with just responsive design. So whatever device you might be using, and if you're using different screen size, screen orientation, maybe you're using a Zoom feature on, on the software or um, you're enlarging the text, um, Disney, Plus, Disney Plus will be responsive and be able to display um, display the app in the way that works best for you. And then also keyboard and switch navigation. So we realize that not everyone is using a mouse or a touch touch screen, um, and somebody might rely on a keyboard or switch to navigate around. Um, and our apps are, are um, support both of those things. And you know, this is just what we have today. We're we're always looking to to innovate. I think John mentioned this before, but you know, I think we're at a really interesting time when it comes to accessibility in the digital space. And um, there's a lot of new opportunities to to make products more accessible and we're always looking for that as well. One of the um, thing, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, girl. No, I'll let you finish and then I'll ask. I thought you were done. That's why I jumped in. Oh, no worries. Um, and on the audio description front specifically, because that's why we're all here. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in our content at Disney um, and that's true for our audio descriptions as well. Um, Carl, you, you had mentioned before that we're receiving an award for our um, excellence in audio descriptions, which we're very proud of. Uh, my colleague Mirka will be accepting that reward later in the week. Um, but you know, a few of the things that really go into making our audio descriptions special is you know our carefully crafted script scripts. Um, we spend a lot of time in making sure the the scripts work really well with the stories. Um, we have high quality voice acting, which we want to make sure again blends well with the story and fits into the theme. Um, the audio mix, we spend a lot of time on making sure that's really precise. Um, so that you can get your the audio description narration along with the great quality of the audio track, um, and of course the stories themselves. Um, you know we wouldn't have the, all the the content we do without the amazing stories from all of our great brands. So um, we're 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 definitely really proud of that. And in terms of our catalog specifically, um, we you know have some of our old classics that are audio described. As Carl mentioned, we went back um, as early as I think our first audio described piece of content we have is Steamboat Willie um, mm -hmm. from the early 1930s. Um, we have Snow White. Um, now we have also new Disney Plus originals like Mandalorian or Togo. Um, some of the new hit movies, Frozen 2, Avengers Endgame. Um, and then some of the even newer releases like Hamilton, which just came out this past weekend. And I, I know I, I watched that this weekend and it was great. And um, another one is Onward, uh, came to Disney Plus recently from Pixar. Um, so suffice to say, it's, it's a wide breadth of content that we have available that is audio described. Um, and we're always looking to add more and we're, we're excited for that as well. So um, with that, Carl, yeah, I'll pass it over to you. Oh, great. I think you actually answered most of my questions. I just want to say that from a blindness perspective, what's cool is now that, A, if you were blind and you grew up missing all these movies that all the other kids got to see, such as Snow White, Dumbo, Pinocchio, you can now watch them for the first time. 
Or if you're a parent who did get to see them with the, your child and you went blind later, now you can watch those movies with your children, and that's huge. So you, today, I think you're the only streaming service that has gone back all the way to films in the 30s, because if I remember correctly, Steamboat Willie is actually silent. I mean, it's got a soundtrack, but it's actually silent, and there's no dialogue. And that's, and that's how you're describing Snow White was the first ever full-featured animated length movie. Um, so that's just uh, great. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Any contact information? How can people get in touch if they have questions about audio description or accessibility? Yeah, so uh, right now the best way to reach us is by phone, 888-905-7888. Um, um, we also have a live chat option, um, which is available at help.disneyplus.com. Um, and I will follow up with you on, a, on an email address. I believe we have one somewhere. I just don't know it offhand, so I will get back to you guys on that. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Josh, I'm going to um, – I hope you're ready. So next we have Josh Mealy from Amazon. Uh, no, Amazon Lab 126. Uh, I hope I got that right. <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. And he yeah, sure. is the principal accessibility researcher. He is a blind scientist. He has been in the field for over 30 years. Um, he has contributed a lot to STEM technology, maps, wayfinding, and audio description technology. And one thing I learned from him earlier today is that when he was at Smith Kettlewell, he was very much involved in You Describe, which I love. It's a website that allows people to submit YouTube videos to be audio described and then volunteers can describe it. Um, and, and you can get a lot of videos on YouTube audio described. Then um, Josh is going to talk about uh, audio description at Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon, excuse me. Actually, well, I'll be talking about it at Amazon Prime. So my name is Josh. Thanks for that awesome introduction. And thanks for the, the You Describe shout out. Um, that's really, really sweet of you. And um, I want to sort of start with, a, um, first of all, it, it's fabulous to be here with, you know, all these other uh, awesome folks talking about audio description in all these different ways. Um, I uh, if you had asked me um, a few years ago whether all of these different companies would be here all telling you about all of their different audio description uh, offerings, I would have been uh, I would have been skeptical. And we've come a huge uh, distance in a very short time, and so um, very pleased that we're that we're all here talking about this today. I am currently, um, I've been at Amazon for about uh, a year and a half, and I am not in the audio description, uh, the Prime Video group, but I've been asked uh, by the Prime Video folks to come and talk about audio description with you today um, because they, they, they couldn't, um, the, the time was, was not possible for them. So I'm pinch hitting, and I want to beg your indulgence if there are questions uh, that I don't quite know the answers to. I will uh, do my best to answer, but there may be some there may be some gaps in my knowledge simply because I'm working on um, uh, at Amazon. I largely work on the device devices, meaning the tablets and TVs and the accessibility of, of those experiences, rather than on audio description. However, because audio description is uh, a deep love of mine, both personally and professionally, I've been a consumer of audio description for as long as it's been around, and I've been uh, working to improve access to audio description for a while. So um, hopefully I can shed a little light on what Amazon has been doing. So um, 
Amazon, as you may know, is customer obsessed. We uh, we put our customers ahead of all other priorities, and we want to not only give our customers what we want, what they want, but we want to delight them. Delighting our customers is at the top of our priority list, and our customers include, of course. Uh, everyone in this community, people who want audio description, people who want equal access to video. And we, um, we at Amazon have an enormous video catalog and we are thrilled to also have an enormous set of audio described offerings. Not only, um, do we, uh, do we have, you know, over currently over, uh, over 1800, uh, video described offerings on Amazon Prime, but we've come uh, most of that way. We've come uh, last year around this time. We had um, we had closer to nine hundred titles. So we've come a very long. We've we've added an enormous amount of described content in just the last year, and um, and we did it because. It's what our customers want. We are extremely uh, sensitive to to making that happen in ways that are meaningful for uh, for the folks that consume audio description. So not only do we have you know a lot of audio described content, um, but I'll just tell you a few other a few other things about the content before I get into how you can how you can watch it. So we um, we also have uh, hundreds of titles of audio description. So the eighteen hundred are available in the U.S. market, but we also have hundreds of audio described titles available in Canada, in Mexico, in Brazil, and um, I think you know it's it's um, we're we're always interested in expanding. What we're doing and offering more. So um, the uh, the content is is definitely um, definitely flowing. We um, we also offer, uh, as you know, Amazon has uh, Amazon Studios. We produce our own material, and um, we also offer lots of material produced by everybody else. So we um, we do our very best to acquire audio description when it's available and make sure that it's uh, provided along with the uh, the video, so that uh, so that everybody can have uh, have access to the material. We also uh, anything that we produce in house is uh, is audio described. Any any of Amazon Studios um, uh, material is audio described uh, when when we release it. So that's really very important. We want to be able to provide people with uh, not only access to the to the material but timely access and. Um, that sort of bridges over into where you can watch audio description. So we have, um, obviously, I mentioned our tablets um, and our TVs. So those tablets and TVs are accessed for people who have visual disabilities. We have a screen reader called Voice View, which runs on both tablet and TV and also on our uh, multimodal Alexa devices, the ones that have screens. And so uh, on any of those devices, you can watch Prime Video. And um, on TV, for example, there are also uh, lots of other apps that you can get. So you can watch um, you can watch Netflix and Apple TV and so on on our uh, Fire TVs using the Voice View screen reader. We also have a magnifier that uh, operates on our TVs and our tablets. So if you um, prefer to access things with with a little bit of magnification, including you know features like color inversion and um, 
uh, font uh, font enlargement. Those those things are all available on our TVs and tablets and other devices, many other devices as well. The um, the we've recently made changes to the uh, to the operating systems on fire tablet and fire tv that gives us a little checkbox in the system settings so that if you prefer audio description you can check that checkbox and then when when there is audio description available for your content that will be preferred and um, played for you without the need for you to you know dig down in and turn that on and so on we've also been um making some great strides in what we call living room devices which are just other devices that happen to provide Amazon content. So um, we, there are many TVs uh, that you can get, third-party TVs that, uh, that stream Prime Video. On those devices uh, as well, we're um, proud to offer audio description on a large number and uh, a growing number of third-party devices. Um, this includes, of course, iOS, which is one of our most uh, one of the most popular ways that blind and visually impaired people access Prime Video. Um, we've recently made uh, made some changes to the iOS app, so that when you go into your Prime Video app on iOS, uh, it now you can. Um, if you've made adjustments to your preferred font size, the app now uh, now will uh, comply with those those requests. So you can get not only magnification and screen reader, but you can also bump up your, uh, your font size either in conjunction with your magnification or just by itself, depending on how you want to do things. Audio description is available on uh, iOS and all, all these other platforms. Not only um, do we do that, but also we've made some changes to the way we present search results on many of these different platforms so that um, when you search for uh, when you search for a video on Fire TV or on many of the living room devices I mentioned, on Android and on other um, other surfaces, we're now um, in the summary. In the summary of the the videos, we're providing badging for audio description, so it's now very clear what titles are audio described and which ones aren't, and. Um, that's uh, that badging is also uh, appearing on a, a, a larger and ever increasing number of number of devices. So I think that the only other thing that I want to mention is that I, I made reference earlier to our um, our Alexa devices. Everybody, you know, there's there's lots of folks out there that are using Alexa to do all kinds of things. Um, if you have one of these multimodal devices that's the Alexa device with a with a screen on it you can also watch prime video on that and you can use your voice just like with a leather other Alexa experiences to ask her to play the episode you want and so on um, and you can uh, use the voice view screen reader which works on uh, those devices to turn on your audio description so uh, it's a very nice easy way on a small device to watch uh, watch your prime video materials with um, your prime video uh, shows with audio description those shows also do object recognition now as well I understand so yeah, I mean, there's a camera on those those echo the the multimodal devices have cameras, and we've got uh, um, a thing called Show and Tell. It's not part of part of Prime Video or part of audio description, but it is sort of a description uh, function. So I'll talk about it. Show and Tell lets you hold up an object in front of your 
in front of the camera of your Echo Show and say, what am I holding? And we use a variety of uh, computer vision techniques in conjunction with each other to figure out what the product is and give you information about that so that you can um, you know, organize your groceries, your pantry, uh, figure out the difference between uh, chunky Campbell's soup and uh, coconut cream, you know? If you want to get in touch with us, if you, you know, there's always more to say. And as I, as I mentioned at the outset, I apologize. Um, uh, maybe in the in the Q and A section, you guys will let me know if I if I missed anything. But um, uh, if you do have any questions about any Amazon uh, devices or Prime Video accessibility using audio description, you can send email to accessibility dash. Oh, sorry. Um, it's uh, device-accessibility at amazon.com. So device-accessibility at amazon.com is where you can send your questions or suggestions or ideas or, um, you know, uh, stuff like that. So... Um, Don't worry, I'm not done with you, Josh. All right, okay. <laughs> Isn't there a free streaming service that you now offer that has audio description? Yeah, um, there is. Uh, we're offering um, we're offering a certain number of, of uh, audio described titles on the free streaming service on, um, and that is a. Uh, uh, I don't have the number of titles, but there there are um, twenty seven. Well, you've got the answer there. Twenty seven titles, and of course, as with everything else, we're always um, we're always expanding. Um, and, and what is that service called? That service is IMDb. IMDb. Oh, IMDb. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a bunch of different. Um, there's IMDb and there's there's um, uh, X-ray that you asked about earlier. These are Amazon services that uh, go along with video, and both of them work with our screen reader, um, uh, Voice View, and with our other uh, Fire TV accessibility tools, the magnifier. There's one other thing that I want to mention on Fire TV, which we just released. We're really proud of it. Um, it is called uh, Text Banner. It's um, if it if it hasn't landed, it will land very soon on your uh, Fire TV. But um, it basically it's it's a uh, low vision accommodation that instead of uh, magnification, it, it works with magnification. But instead of um, you know magnifying the entire screen, what it does is anytime that something is selected, it puts all of the information about that selected object, including, so if it's a movie, it puts the description and the badging and all of that down in a, a banner along the bottom of the screen so that you know where to look for it. So if, if you're somebody with low vision and you um, have a narrow field of view, it becomes much easier with text banner to, uh, to know where your information is going to be. You can navigate using your standard navigation commands with uh, the Fire TV remote, but your um, the stuff that you want to be reading is always in one place. So we're really happy about um, being able to release that for um, for our uh, our customers who who need that. And that that feature did, by the way, come from uh, customer feedback. We're always listening. Um, I think it was at the CSUN conference in 2019 that some of our engineers were having conversations with folks that said, "Yeah, you know, magnification's great, but we've got you know." We've got a narrow field of view, and we get lost on that on the screen. And when you magnify it, it's even worse. So, um, so we we listened to that. We thought about how we would uh, go about addressing it. And um, a year later, we are proud to be offering that. So, and that 
last feature just mentioned is kind of for people who are very specific field of view for those like who may have RP, ushers, uh, macular degeneration, that sort of thing, correct? Exactly. Uh, and okay. it's a large number of people who, who uh, fit that fit that description. So there's one more thing. I want to let you know that there's one other device that I recently purchased from you guys called the Amazon Recast, which is essentially a DVR, but I also use it as a tuner to watch because my TV is in the basement because my wife doesn't like TVs in the living room and the bedroom. <laughs> so my TV's in the basement and I'm the only one that really watches TV. So, and I can't have an antenna in the basement. So I put the Amazon Recast in the mm -hmm. second floor bedroom and use it as a tuner to watch TV downstairs in my basement through the Fire TV. And that allows me to get over-the-air channel with audio description, but also record television shows with audio description. So that, that's a nice device if you want to get over-the-air channels with audio description. Thanks so much for mentioning that. Yeah, um, the, the Recast is a great device, and um, all of our uh, TVs that have tuner capabilities, um, all of them support audio description. Um, of course, uh, because of the, uh, the way audio description is sometimes broadcast, we don't always know that it's audio description, but we give you access to the, the separate um, separate audio program, and you can turn that on. And um, and as you mentioned, with the recast, you can record it with audio description as well, which is a great a great feature. Okay, great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Next, we have Allison Smith from Netflix. She is the Global Innovations Manager, and she has a master's degree in neurolinguistics. I just wanted to be able to say that because I don't know anybody else with a master's degree in neurolinguistics. She also has an MBA from the University of Maryland. She is responsible for doing um, accessibility across the whole entire globe. Netflix is, is worldwide, and she was responsible for creating a proprietary system for creating and thinking subtitles. And before that, she worked for National Geographic in charge of translation. I hope I got that all right, Allison. You made it sound very grand. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and so, I also want to mention you guys were the first streaming service to come up with audio description back in 2016 with Daredevil. That's right. I was going to talk a little bit about our history with audio description. Um, we didn't just pull it out of thin air. We, of course, um, heard a lot of feedback from the blind and low vision community and worked with different advocacy groups and academic researchers and um, industry practitioners that all sort of helped us realize that we needed to provide audio description and we needed to provide it at a high quality and consistently across all of our content. Um, so yeah, that started back... Um, I think we first heard the calls for audio description around 2014 when we were just launching into our own original content. Um, and so we spent most of 2014 doing a lot of the sort of back end work trying to prep ourselves to be able to provide audio description consistently. And so what that was was a lot of different research and creating different technical specifications to make sure that audio description would play back on all the many different devices um, through which people access Netflix. Uh, we also created 
audio description style guides. We wanted to make sure that when we were ordering audio description, that there was a consistent experience across that was high quality, um, that used good voice talent, good script writing, and that also met, like I said, the technical specifications so that we could ingest those files and then make sure that they could play back on all the different devices. Um, we also set up a lot of partnerships with different companies that create audio description to make sure we had a really healthy supply chain, um, knowing that we were launching full force into a huge volume of content. Um, we knew that as we made a commitment to create audio description on all of our original content, that that was not going to be a trivial amount. Um, so we, we set up that supply chain and made sure we had good script authors and talent and recording studios and also made sure that we had a really healthy QC uh, a pool of people who could QC audio description to make sure that we had had a set of ears on the, the files before they went live to get ahead of any issues that might come out. So we worked on that for most of 2014. Um, and then in 2015, we launched Daredevil without audio description. So that was definitely a myth. And we heard it from the community loud. Um, luckily, we had already done all that legwork, like I said, in 2014. So we recovered quickly and put that up, as well as about 100 other titles by the end of the summer of 2015. Um, and from there, we dug in hard on that investment. Um, and I'm happy to say that today we have over 13,000 hours of audio described content on Netflix. Let's see. And we, yeah, like I said, we've committed to creating audio description on all of our original content. And we also do our very best to make sure that we get the licensed content. We've actually added the need for audio description to our contractual obligations with our content partners. Um, and one thing, exciting thing we did last year is because we were continuing to make um, IP around uh, the Breaking Bad franchise, we actually went back and recorded all of the seasons of Breaking Bad. So they are now live on site with audio description which was exciting. Um, so yeah, at the same time that we were working on creating audio description for all of our content, um, you know, we're as much a tech company as an entertainment company. So we wanted to make sure that our product was also accessible. Um, and so we made sure that our product was compatible with all the voice readers and other voice command devices, Alexa and Fire TV, etc. Um, we did a couple other things. We added the audio description gallery, which you can find on our web uh, UI, which will take you to all the content that has audio description available. Um, we also put the audio description logo and badge on our title details page. So you can see right in the title details whether or not something has audio description. And we added some functionality to our search page as well. So you can search for audio description um, and see which titles have it. Um, so that's kind of where we are today. We're proud of the work that we've done, but we also know that there's a lot of opportunities to keep going. So we're certainly keeping our ear to the ground and listening for feedback. And we have lots of functionality in our product actually to give feedback right in there through the report a problem functionality. Um, and we, uh, we read through that and do get the feedback. So it's not just a black box. Trust me. I personally do that. Um, uh, and in the future, yeah, we're looking forward to improving, uh, the content discovery works so making sure that you could search through content by genre with audio description and things like that. Um, we're always looking to increase our catalog of content with audio description. Um, and the other thing we're trying to do is make sure that as we get into increasingly more complex content, that we maintain the level of accessibility that we have. Um, so recently we've started 
uh, working with interactive content. And we want to make sure that as there's choice points and interactions with our product, that how that interplays with the audio description and voice readers, that it's still an experience that exceeds a member's expectations. So lots more research um, and testing and development and innovation. But uh, yeah, we're excited to see where it goes from here. Right. Uh, how, how about how would people get in touch with um, Netflix if they had questions or concerns about audio description? Sure. I think the first place to go would be help.netflix.com. There's lots of great articles there, as well as um, a couple different ways to get in touch with us. Um, and then if you have specific concerns about um, content itself, the report a problem feature through the products, the best way to report those issues. And this has nothing to do with audio description. This is just Kyle being curious since you used to be in charge of translation. How many languages do you speak? Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. I say like three and a half because I sort of lived between the Netherlands and Germany uh, for a while. And my Dutch and German are all mashed up in my head. So. Okay. I'm curious. <laughs> you know, maybe you can read some of those 40 languages that I was talking about earlier. So, um, great. Well, thank you. I think now I would like to... To see, yeah. <laughs> uh, what language was that? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Rick. Now I lost my train of thought. Um, the, so I think I, what I would like to do is open it up to questions again. If, and this time I'll get the web uh, the email address correct. If you have any questions about Audio now unmuted. anybody, please send them to questions at acb.org. That's question Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at acb.org. And they can be addressed to anyone or, or the whole group at large. So, Janet, do we have any questions? Yes, we do. You, you, you startled me, Carl. Um, hold, give me one second to get my questions organized here. Hey, hey Carl, um, this I, is Tom. Uh, I just, while Janet's doing that, can I, I, I gave the hours of our customer service center uh, incorrect. They're 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, okay, thank you, Tom. Yeah. All right. I, I, and Tom, I have a question for you, actually, on Comcast. Someone who lives in, the, in Massachusetts said that for the most part, whenever I try on-demand versions of TV shows and movies, the audio description is never available. Why is this? Well, so I think what you're really referring to is sometimes there's content that's available for free, and sometimes it comes from a paid uh, par uh, partner like a studio or network. So uh, that's something we're working on. We only want to show you the content that has descriptions. So the way the cable industry has worked in the past is, you know, shows uh, you know, are, are available for multiple platforms. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, a show might be made available to, you know, Comcast. It might go to another partner of ours, some of whom are passing a description through because they're legally obligated to under the FCC. Others are not. Um, and so, but they all can send us that same version, that same program to on-demand. Uh, and so that's where we, we get that discrepancy from. So if you're getting, you know, I don't want to name content partners, uh, but... <laughs> oh, go ahead, Tom. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. But, but it, it really depends. You could be seeing the same show show up and it lists as having audio description, 
except it's maybe from one or two partners and and not the version that you know is on true tv or or some other you know harry potter comes to mind quite a bit where you know it's syndicated all over the place um and and some of those uh, programmers do not have to carry the audio description so they don't feed it to us with audio description because they don't even have that audio track that's some work we need to do to uh, as an industry to make sure that that description travels with the show that it's just like captioning um and and you know we're not there yet so we're we're making our best effort to make sure that happens but a lot more work needs to be done to make sure that whenever a show is described by whomever that audio track moves as that show moves across platforms i would love to see something similar to the marrakesh treaty that was passed that said that all copyright for audio books and alternative formats for the blind can be shared globally. I'd love to see something similar in the world of audio description. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yes. Next question I have is about a Roku streaming stick. And this gentleman says it only has supported Netflix. At least that's as far as he's been able to determine. Do the Roku streaming sticks support other services? And he's really up. He wishes that it would service Amazon Prime app. So I'm going to let Josh take that one because you're with Amazon. Do you know the answer? I'm afraid I don't have any information that I can uh, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I do know that I know a little bit that Amazon does not work on all Roku devices. I don't know which one, but I do know that that, and hopefully that's being worked on between Roku and Amazon. And I, I will say the Xfinity Stream app does work on Roku as well as Samsung Smart TVs, LG Smart TVs, uh, and others. So check your app store within within Roku to see uh, if it's available there. And one thing I'll add is um, Disney Plus is available on Roku as well. But I know that um, sometimes older devices may not be as capable right. of um, handling the newer apps sometimes. Um, so if it's an older one, you might need to um, go for a newer one. But they're, the new ones are started, I think, $25. Um, so okay. big low cost. And if you are, uh, to piggyback off Tom, if you are not an Xfinity customer and you're a Spectrum customer, uh, we also offer the Spectrum TV app on the Roku stick as well. Very good. All right. Uh, the next question, and this may not be, well, I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what qualifies a cable channel to be, qu- to be required by the FCC to have 87 and a half hours of audio description content? Uh, John, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll take that one. Or you want it? Go for it, Tom. <laughs> well, um, the FC, so as part of the Communications and Video Accessibility Act, uh, they reinstituted the um, audio description rule. They call it video description. Uh, and they said the four major broadcast networks, so ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, plus uh, five cable networks, which typically are the non-news networks. So uh, USA is in there. I think the History Channel, uh, Discovery, I, I, I don't have the top five off the top of my head. Home Garden Television Network and, T- and TBS. And TBS. Thank you, Carl. Um, so uh, those that rule applies to the four major broadcast networks and five cable networks based on ratings. Um, and, you know, so, so obviously, if you really were to look at ratings on the cable side, you'd see the news channels would be at the top. But since they're not offering, you know, kind of any kind of episodic content, 
there's really not much of interest to describe there. It's, it's talking heads, so you don't really need to describe it. Uh, so they tend to get waivers, of submit waivers and get them granted by the FCC. So that really leaves, you know, uh, the five cable outlets that we, that we created. The rule started at 50 hours per quarter, and it's moved now up to 87 and a half hours per quarter. And we're pretty excited about that because it just gives us that much more content to, to pull from. Any more questions, Janet? Sorry, sorry. I had to, I was looking at a question and I um, had unmuted. Give me talk amongst yourselves for a moment. I I hate to say this. Everybody's been saying this today, but I'm just having a little technology issue here. <laughs> you know, since we're speaking about the CBAA, I think one of the ways in which it maybe doesn't go for enough and might change in the near future is that it only obligates uh, linear programming. And if, if there were an obligation for on-demand programming, that's right. might all be working with working on style guides for audio description, like Netflix is, for instance, and be a little further ahead. And that's a great example, John, because captioning is mandated um, by the FCC um, to go with the show. And I think that's, you know, not saying that I'm a, you know, regulation has its place. I think there can be voluntary and proactive efforts as well. Um, but I think that's why we enjoy our partnership, at least speaking from the Comcast side, and I'm sure everybody else on this panel would agree, we, we enjoy our partnership with ACB and the Audio Description Project because we have worked with you guys on, on these types of issues in the past and have arrived at some very uh, creative and, and uh, helpful collaborative solutions in a number of areas. So uh, I think there's there's more work we can do together, both from the advocacy and the industry side as partners to uh, to really clean this up and and you know get it on the same playing field as closed captioning. All right, I do have a couple more questions here. I have some. Uh, Tom, as someone wants to know if there's a way to regulate the uh, volume on the voice guidance on, he said his is way too loud. Uh, there there will be. There isn't yet, but there will be. All right. That was too quick an answer for you, Janet. No, no, I got a Netflix has Netflix has a very high standard when it comes to AD. Isn't that nice to hear? Yes. I'd like to know what plans Netflix has to produce first party AD in Dolby at and Dolby I'm not a tech person. Dolby Atmos moving for in Dolby Atmos moving forward. Yeah, thanks for that question and for the compliment on the high quality standards thus far. That's something that we really uh, pride ourselves on. Um, we're looking into Dolby Atmos. I don't have any update right now, but we've worked with Dolby Atmos in the past. We certainly know how to do it, um, and we're looking into it. Thank you. And yes, sorry about the mispronunciations. I am not Miss Technology at all. I'm the wrong person to be asking all these questions about, with all these technological terms because I don't know. Um, okay. Is the audio description badging for Netflix available on the web interface only, or is it on the TV interface? I don't know. I feel tempted to run into my living room and check. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure off the top of my head, quick, but I, quick run. I know the search functionality uh, is available on the TV. I know the audio description um, gallery is only available on our web, um, but we do list all of our um, audio description programming on the audio description project website as well, so it's available there. I know that um, I have the Apple TV 4, and on that, the Netflix app even has a, when you search by 
categories. They even have a separate category just for audio description. Zoom meeting. So you can look at it that way. And I know on the web, if you search for audio description, your title will show up. That's right. Janet? Uh, This is about our only larger TV networks covered in the AD regulation. And we've talked about that a little bit, but maybe you could just go over that a bit. So it's the major broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. Um, It has not gone to other over-the-air networks uh, yet, and those top five cable networks. What we're going to see come out soon is uh, currently for cable distributors um, and broadcasters, uh, according to the rule, uh, description has to be available in the top 50 broadcast markets. And that's going to expand down uh, beyond that in an upcoming rule. So more markets will be covered. Even though that rule exists, you start to, you still see, you know, you know, broadcast affiliates of these networks pass the description through regardless of what market they're in. You know, they could be in the hundredth market and they're still passing it through. So in this case, the policy is just catching up to the technology. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, we're all in support of, of you know, seeing that, you know, get written yeah. down in, in stone and, and let's just cover as many markets, as many people with as much content as we can. And the top four broadcast networks are, are, are consistent, but the five cable networks is based on the ratings every three years. So, for instance, a couple of years ago, Disney was in the top five, and they're no longer in it. And I believe next year, based on the Nielsen ratings, they'll name the five top cable networks, and one could stay in a dropout. So that could change over time. All the audio now unmuted. All right. Next question is about the Apple 4K device. And what he's saying is that the voice on that device is different than it is on other devices. And he's talking about the volume on that also. Uh, So I'm assuming he wants to know if there's a way to adjust the volume and or voice on that one. Is there a way to confirm voice different from other Apple TVs or different from an iPhone, or is there any other information? No, unfortunately, there's not. I'm assuming he's talking about from other Apple devices. Generally, it it should do ducking, but I can check on that and determine whether there's something different on the Apple TV, which would cause it to be louder. But uh, in, in theory, it should work as other devices do. Um, it may also be depending on what voice you've chosen from one device to another to be your primary voice. Okay, thank you, Stella. Sure. Janet, any more questions? All the audio now unmuted. All right, the next question is Do all pan- this is for everyone, and he wants to know if all um, of you require contractual. Oh, this is, I'm sorry, I'm having some problems with my Braille device here, and it's not tracking my questions quick enough. So I am a very bad question person at the moment. Um, Let me just go real quick. I'm sorry. Do you want me to ask a question while you... Please, please. All right, so so one of the... um, You can feel free to answer this or not answer this as you speak chat. But one of the concerns I am seeing on some of the audio description listservs is the discussion of synthetic voices 
and I'm wondering if any of the uh, either cable or stream interpreters are looking at synthetic voices or what. And if you don't want to answer that, fine. If you do that, fine. I'm just letting you know that that's a common discussion on some of the list of the use of synthetic voices. And Carl, just to clarify, you need the use of synthetic voices for authoring, producing audio description or... For yeah, then it would like take the place of the audio narrator. Got it. Text-to-speech voices, yeah. We're using it in a short form kind of web interface. Uh, so not necessarily with shows, but, you know, for our career site uh, or any kind of corporate type of uh, information. I do see a place for digitized speech or synthetic speech. Um, but I, but I think there has to be, you know, really some parameters put around it. But I think for, for, you know, short form kind of, corporate videos where you're just trying to get something out there right away. Um, I could see that as being a, a valuable tool. And we are uh, working with uh, three play media to, uh, to off, uh, offer that content. Right, right down the street from me. Yep, absolutely. And if you other panelists want to answer that, otherwise I do have my next question here, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I can speak from Netflix. I think we're, Excited about the potential of it and definitely keeping an eye on the technology, but like any other feature functionality that we would, um, you know, start using that's new, we would want to test it and make sure that it not only meets but exceeds our members' expectations and serves our content faithfully so that we get a really good immersive experience um, while you're uh, enjoying your content. So it's something that seems exciting. We're not using it right now, but we're definitely keeping an eye on it. Okay, great. Janet, go ahead. All right, so the next question is, do you all contractually require AD from third-party um, third content providers? And I'm sure what they mean. You mean I'm, like they got a movie? If, say if Netflix got acquired a movie from a movie studio? And yes, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what he means. Unfortunately, part of the question is okay, so cut off, but I think they, that's... So I think what he's asking is, if the audio description file is available, do you yes. require that in a contract? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for interpreting. Yeah. At Netflix, we do. We did add that to our contractual language. So if the audio description exists, um, we will get it from the content partners. Yeah, this is Comcast. It is in our contract. Doesn't mean we always get it because of some technical uh, constraints that I mentioned earlier. I mean, if a partner doesn't have it, even though the show is described, you're not going to see it. Um, uh, but yes, it is in our, our language. And Josh, yeah. you, you probably, you guys yeah, have um, done an amazing job with that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we've prioritized um, getting content from our providers. And um, of course we have uh, lots of contractual uh, agreements with lots of different providers. As those come up for uh, renewal, um, we do include that requirement in our in our updated contracts. And I would say Apple is in uh, somewhat of the same boat. Um, we we do have it in our contracts, but I would agree with Tom that there are times when, even when asked. Um, things do not get delivered and we ask again and things like that to try and keep uh, making sure that we get stuff. But, um, you know, the intent is always to receive it from our partners whenever something comes out, whenever they, they update something or bring in a new piece of material. Oh, so that would apply to, in your case, to iTunes, right? Because you already 
audio described everything for Apple TV Plus. Yeah, that is with our third party partners for what is now referred to as the the TV app. Um, iTunes okay. kind of being uh, uh, no longer in the the uh, vernacular. Um, moving on to the the TV app. Okay, great. Janet, any other questions? Audio now unmuted. That, that's all I have at the moment. I've got a lot of questions similar to the volume, asking about the volume and that type of thing. <laughs> but we, we've already answered those. So right now I don't have any more. So, Carl, you get to ask some more questions. I know you have them. Well, I don't really have any many more. Uh, I will just give anybody an opportunity to wrap up if they wish to. And um, uh, uh, and I think we'll... we'll so does anybody have any other? Oh, yeah, go ahead, John. I was just going to say it might be really helpful, and I'm sorry I wasn't taking notes, but maybe if we'd like to compile a document of everybody's contact information, I'd be happy to get that out to the various lists, and maybe we could put. And is that or is that on the AD website? No, um, I can. I I will reach out to the people who are on this. Uh, webinar and make sure that I get the contact information they wish me. Because I think that'd be a great thing to have up on the website. Okay, we can do that. Uh, actually, Janet, taking you up on your offer from uh, before in terms of the, or, or Carl, about um, questions or, or things on the, the uh, ducking and all of that, I did check with an engineer while um, we were having this discussion and um, apparently audio ducking, uh, Apple TV is not one that does uh, do that the same way it does on uh, things like an iPhone or iPad. So um, pass that back as a feature request. Well, and I am going to put in a plug for the Apple TV that I hope is the future uh accessibility update. As a hearing aid user, I'd love to see the same made-for-iPhone hearing aid devices. Maybe that could be done with the Apple TV so I could hear the TV going straight to my hearing aid. Just, just saying. <laughs> Thank um, you. Feature request. Sure. Okay. Pass that back. And, and the watch, too, while I'm at and, it. And glad you uh, you are aware of the made-for-iPhone hearing aids. and, and uh, oh, I, I would not, I will tell you that um, I would not be able to talk on the phone and communicate and do okay. the, uh, streaming. I mean, I use all the services that are being talked about tonight through the iPhone into my hearing aids while I'm commuting back and forth to work. So it, it, it. I can't always wear earbuds or earphones because of the level of my hear lo hearing loss. So the, the, I'm not to plug you guys, but the fact that you've made the phone work directly with the hearing aid has, has literally changed my life. So, so um, you know. Um, hey, Carl. Uh, this is this is Josh. There was just one um, one little uh, point that I wanted to uh, make. I forgot to make it earlier. We we got asked a question. You you had asked a question about um, whether or not you could you know start the for the um, the um, ActiveView, uh, the erstwhile ActiveView app, um, sorry, the um, Spectrum Access, the Spectrum app. Yeah, whether you could start that um, and and you know basically ignore the original the original show that it was synced with and just run off with your uh, with your iPhone. I just wanted to mention that um, uh, if you're watching um, Prime Video with audio description on your iPhone or an iOS device, uh, if you um, if you start your audio description, you start the movie, you can actually lock your iOS, iOS device and 
put it in your pocket and it keeps playing. Um, and we did that um, basically because we knew that uh, people that were consuming audio description did not need or want necessarily the the screen to remain active. So we made sure that that was uh, that that was a, a convenient a convenient feature for our. Uh, audio description consumers. I know there's also a workaround for Netflix and Disney Plus. If you hit play, pause, play, and then um, turn off the green curtain, then hit pause, and then uh, lock it and hit play again, that'll also work. So, so or something like that. I'll have to look that up. Janet, I hear you're unmuted again. Do you have any questions? I am. Uh, I have a couple. I do. And this is for all the panelists. Um, in addition to what you may have mentioned, uh, what limitations or challenges do you or your company face that you are working on to remove? More content. You know, we, we need more content. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, you know, from a, you know, as a distributor, I mean, we're also a producer, right, with the NBC side. And, and so we're, you know, working through all of that. But, um, you know, to me, it's, it's just increasing availability of content. And in our case, it's working through a lot of these legacy issues to make it as seamless uh, as it is for, for streaming. Uh, and I can't wait till we get to that point. And I've got another good question, unless anyone else wanted to tackle that. But I don't know. Um, what they're asking is, what version of VoiceView uh, supports Braille screen input? So uh, VoiceView being the FireOS screen reader that works on, uh, you know, TVs and tablets and, and um, Echo Shows and stuff. Uh, VoiceView on, uh, on tablets... Um, VoiceView on tablets works with uh, Braille screen input. It's now shipping any um, any tablet, any uh, Fire OS tablet that you've got can um, can you can type uh, in Braille on the screen in a number of different ways. I actually uh, just did a, a presentation on this uh, in uh, the Bits and the four one one ACB uh, committees. So. This is probably not the time or place to dive into the details of it, but um, if you've got a Fire tablet and it's updated, it should be should be working beautifully. Cool, Janet. Let's see here. Oh, all right. I heard that Star Trek Discovery was made available to Netflix in uh, non North American countries with audio description. Is this going to be made available in the U.S. or Canada? I don't know about the, that comes down to the content licensing rights, and I, I just don't know the answer to that question. I will, I will tell you that Dark Trek Discovery is currently available on CBS All Access with audio description. So if you subscribe to that streaming service, you can watch seasons one and two with audio description because I've done so. And the guy that did the narration for those shows will be on our banquet Friday night. Roy Samuelson. Not to put in a plug. No. Will Comcast offer, I think this might have been answered, but will Comcast offer a, a D audio description on their Peacock streaming service for their original content? Yes, we will. And as I said, um, what launches in July, probably a description won't be available on July 15th, but it is listed as a uh, fast follow. So between now and the fall. A lot of this was derailed with work from home uh, because of COVID. So we didn't get as far as we wanted to get with the accessibility uh, support 
for Peacock across platforms, I'm sorry to say, but it is absolutely 100% committed. And um, I have that again from the from Matt Strauss, who heads up Peacock and all of streaming at NBC, whom I know personally. And so I'm not saying this going out on a limb and hoping it happens. I know it'll happen. I just uh, need you to give uh, a little time for it to to evolve, and also say that you know, look, if we didn't have COVID and some other things, it should be available on launch. And and I applaud you know Disney Plus for for making sure it was available on launch. And and uh, awesome. you know we're gonna get caught up here. And Apple TV also was. Um Available and launched, but in fairness, they did it before COVID-19 existed. So, Tom, we'll cut you some slack. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Um, Janet, any more questions? We're getting near the end. I know we are. This person wants to know if Comcast is going to do anything similar to what, Char- what Spectrum mentioned about a separate headphone, a separate AD channel that you could listen to with uh, Great question, yes. Um, you know, we looked at the app strategy. Um, we decided uh, to go in a slightly different direction, um, and we're going to use Bluetooth audio. We just thought that we wanted people to just use the one remote and, um, and access it, certainly see the value of the app as well. I think both solutions are good. They might um, mean different things for, for different people. Um, and so having choice is always the best thing. So, so the app plus, you know, however else people are delivering description. In our case, it's going to be a dual stream, uh, uh, audio. So description would go through Bluetooth. Um, and, uh, your five one surround would just be the regular program audio. Uh, we're actually even experimenting with, um, similar to how it's done in movie theaters where, description could just be dry narration. So you wouldn't have the program mix. It'd just be description in your head headset and the program audio coming through your, your TV or your, your home theater speakers. Um, so the technical work has been done. We're now in some testing. So stay tuned because as soon as we're ready to announce it, I'll be reaching out to the ACB folks and getting on ACB radio or wherever to, to let you know that it's available. Right. Thank you. And that's all we have for the. I think that's that's all I've got for the moment. I mean, I know that's all I've got for the moment. So okay, great. And thank you for bearing with me with my awkward question answering. I was having a little technology issue. You did a great job, Janet. Um, It's nine twenty three, and I want to give a final opportunity to anybody that may wish to add a few things they may have forgotten to. If not, we will wrap it up. So, does anybody have any final comments? Okay, well then, I want to thank, and let's see if I remember everybody's name. I want to thank Josh Mealy from Amazon, Dara Hollinger from Apple, John Sweet from Charter Communications, Tom Makowski from Comcast, Mitch Ginsburg from Disney Plus, and Allison Smith from Netflix. Did I forget anybody? Good job. Nice job. Uh, Well, I'm not a Braille reader, so I have to do everything by memory. So, (laughs) well, great. Well, thank you, everybody. Have a great night. And I thought this was a great uh, uh, first uh, evening primetime session. And I'm hoping this will be available for podcast for everybody to download. And we will also post the audio on the Audio Description Project website at www.acb.org. 
forward slash ADP when it's available. Thank you, everybody, and have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Bye-bye.